0: Hi, and welcome back to the Grindhouse Girls podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Katie. My co-host is Brittany, and this is a podcast about many strange and spoopy movies. We cover a lot of independent movies and a lot of horror movies, and we do want to caution before starting the podcast that listener discretion is advised, and a lot of subject matter we cover is not appropriate for children and can be quite sensitive. So if that sounds like something that's up your alley, keep on listening. If not, thanks for stopping by and on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Katie. And I'm Brittany. And this is the uh, Grindhouse Girls podcast uh, number six, I think we're on. I think we are. We're five or six. This week we watched a french movie called climax which isn't as sexual as the name uh makes you think it is it's very uh dramatically different movie than most things that i watch um how have you been Brittany? how's your week been it's been
1: it's been okay um you know um as as with most of the nation we're still under quarantine um so laying low staying safe how about you katie how's your week been
0: i'm good i've been playing animal crossing a lot i got a bigger house there was a uh toucan or pelican not sure which one washed up on my beach this morning that i woke up i wasn't sure if he was drunk or not it was very weird animal crossing is a very weird and lovable game Uh, yeah and i set up a backdrop so no one had to see my ugly um like extra room with a bunch of boxes in the background anymore so i'm feeling like a real youtuber i'm like i could like be a twitch streamer now i'm just kidding but um yeah it does
1: really cute for sure um as everyone can see i just still have the bed in the background uh occasionally you'll see a
0: dog or a cat laying on it but (laughs) i mean the the pets make it okay so like (laughs) and your bed is made though it's not like your bed's not made you know
1: Wait, so the thing is, before I actually hopped on the call with you, two two things I kind of do, um, letting you in on a secret. I usually brush my teeth because I just want to have fresh breath. Even though you can't smell my breath, it's something that I think about. Um, and then I make the bed, but the dogs uh, make it. So I usually end up making the bed five times before I hop on the call with you. So,
0: so um, we are talking about Climax. I chose this movie, so um, whoever chooses the movie, we're trying to let kind of lead the discussion so we each get an equal turn, because um, that's another thing we I kind of we we both noticed. I was like, yeah, like sometimes it's all one person talking, and mostly me because I talk too much. Um, so we're gonna start too. with like. I don't judge. Hmm? No, I, I talk a lot. I don't.
1: I I say I talk a lot too, so I do not judge. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. No judgment, just just the truth. Um. So, <laughs> climax is a French movie. Um, which honestly, I didn't realize it was French until I watched it for the first time. Uh, cause I had just heard it was a like very interesting film and I was just curious. I had a lot of like critics that I listened to like yourmoviesucks.org and, uh, I think Ralph the Movie Maker, I think one or both of them talked about it or they might've talked about it on Serk Cir- cast and I was curious about it. Um, So, basically, it's a pretty simple premise. It's set in the mid-90s, 1996, in France. And it's loosely based on an urban legend uh, where a group of dancers, they're gathering to uh, put some choreography together before they go on tour in France and the U.S. And they're at an abandoned school in the middle of rural France, so kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's snowing. And uh, the night, the last night they're there, um, somebody uh, spikes the sangria with LSD and chaos ensues. That's basically it. It just, it turns into a nightmare after that. There's, there's a lot of people in this movie, right, Brittany? Oh yeah, definitely. I watched it once, just to watch it a couple weeks ago. And then I rewatched it the other night because I wanted to get everybody straight. And the beautiful thing about Amazon Prime, I don't know if you if it does this on everything, but if you have a Kindle, um, it's linked to IMDb, and so yeah. it'll give you trivia while you're watching it, and also tell you who's on screen, which I love. So the way they cast this movie is it's about dancers, so pretty much everybody but one actor. Um, is a dancer primarily and an actor second like they're not really trained actors so a lot of them it's kind of like a chorus line honestly um, if you know anything about a chorus line the musical they um, basically workshopped this musical where they had real dancers kind of tell their life stories and then they turned it into a play about the audition process oh my god Riley has a bow yeah <laughs> oh that's so cute Thank you. <laughs> if you're listening, uh, Brittany's dog Riley has a tiny little bow tie, and oh, now he just jumped on the bed. It's cute. Anyway, sorry, you. I got distracted by adorable puppies. So, <laughs> basically, they did. They had a a uh, five page script for the entire movie, and the movie's a good two hours. About almost two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, it moves. It moves faster than I thought. It the second time I watched it, it moves really fast. The first time I watched it when you hear about the premise i feel like everybody's like waiting for that to happen so if if you go in blindly i feel like it would move a lot faster um anyways talking about getting sidetracked anyways (laughs) so basically when i was watching it on amazon prime i was trying to get everybody's name straight but whoever did the editing for that or that kind of programming had all the character names as the actors' first names, no matter what, and that's not always what happens. Like, yeah. some of them have their actors' first names as their character names, and some of them don't. And so, I guess somebody got real lazy or confused at IMDb, and so I was getting confused. So, I'm hoping I'm re- uh, referring to everyone by the correct name. The first few I'm pretty confident about, and then I get really confused about. Um, And then, also, the director of this movie is Gaspar Noé, and he only does, like, his own movies. He only, I think he has done other people's products in the past, but it sounds like all of his movies he comes up with, he writes, and he did Enter the Void, which I haven't watched yet, but I heard was very good, um, which is, like, about the afterlife. So,
1: it I'm going to... Uh, real, real quick just because enter the void is on so many so if you're watching i'm a huge movie list person where it's like the top 10 surrealist movies you must see are this and with enter the mm-hmm. void it's the guy is very early on bleeding to death and he kind of has an out-of-body experience and it goes back and forth through for his life so um it's actually loosely based on this book about the afterlife so yeah but it when you usually hear gasper's name you hear enter the void and you hear irreversible
0: yeah, isn't Irreversible the one we talked about when we were talking about something else, like one of our first episodes, uh, which I think I feel like you should watch that one too, yeah. but I couldn't find it on streaming, Irreversible, yeah. um, but this one's on Amazon Prime right now, also his movie Love is on Amazon Prime, which do you know about Love? Oh yeah. The movie, have yeah. you watched it? I have it, but I mean... uh, It's on Netflix. I didn't know it was going to be on Netflix, but apparently it is on Netflix, and I was tempted to watch it, and I was like, I don't think I can. I mean, the thing is with all Gaspar
1: Noé's films, and we'll touch more on his films later a little bit, but he usually, I hate to use this word, but it's very infamous. He usually has moments in his films that people, they'll latch onto one thing that happens in the movie because it's so kind of infamous.
0: I read somewhere, I think it was like on Wikipedia or IMDb, that... He basically, when he was interviewed about, like, what do, you, what do you want the audience to feel when they watch Climax? He was like, I don't give a flip what they think. I was like, okay, so he's, he makes art to make art. It's I mean, it's a little bit like David Lynch, but no, but more F you to the audience. <laughs> like, he doesn't care if you hate his movie, which in some ways makes him a very good filmmaker but in other ways it's kind of aggressive and love is this movie where, I mean, the plot really doesn't matter. It's basically just an exploration of voyeurism of a relationship. And there's like a main couple and they start a relationship with a much younger woman. So there's, they're basically like in a throuple and uh, the guys like just thinking about when they were a throuple after the fact that their relationship's over. And like, the thing that I heard was, and I haven't watched it yet because I don't, I just don't want to see this. Um, there's there's unstimulated sex, so real sex. It's basically a pornographic movie because he asked all the actors to actually have sex on camera. Which, if they're all cool with that, that is fine. This isn't a uh, Last Tango in Paris butter situation. Yes. Um, which but, uh, I, I feel like everybody knows about that. If you don't, we'll have to watch Last Tango in Paris and talk about it. Because that's one where I've seen parts of it, but I haven't seen all of it. But I know about it. It's kind of like I've always went to watch Lolita, but I can never find it. So uh, that's another one where I've been like, I'm just curious. Anyways, so <laughs> everybody was okay with having sex on camera. Very similar to, um, oh, what is his name? Ugh. He did Lars von Trier. Yeah, he made Shia LaBeouf and a bunch of other people in Nymphomaniac have sex on camera. It's not even like a moral thing. I'm just saying, like, if you're forcing somebody, a la The Last Tango in Paris, to do something they're uncomfortable doing on camera that crosses a line, I'm not a fan of that. But if everybody's on board, I'm like, I can't really tell you what to do. You're adults. Um, But there's also, he decided to do the movie in 3D. Yes. Which, and I was like, I don't really need, like, dicks and vaginas 3D in my face. Like, sorry, I don't need that. So, he's a. I was about to say,
1: it's not just, in of course, like, dicks and vaginas, but it's also 3D ejaculation. So. Yes. (laughs) That was the other part. Well, please talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't seen it, but, I mean, I, I feel bad because, once again, when when his movies get brought up, there's usually certain things. And poor love as a movie. I mean, I, I couldn't tell you anything about the plot other than, of course, what you told me about it being, you know, a threesome relationship. But I can tell you about the 3D ejaculation with no issues. It's,
0: I mean, I get why people... I mean, it does get people talking about your movie, mm-hmm. but... Why are people, are people talking about your movie because they think it's good? Or is it just because it's got this weird catch? And he's kind of one of these directors where I feel like he just likes to be weird for the sake of weird. I mean, he has some stuff to say. But I feel like he likes to give a little F you to the audience. Um, So yeah, so I guess... uh, before we get into spoilers about what climax is about let's say if we would recommend seeing it Brittany, would you recommend people to see this movie?
1: Yeah, okay so I'm gonna have a two-sided thing to that Yes, I would recommend it but no I, I but at the same time I did not like the movie um, I, I would recommend it because I feel like if you're not seeing movies that you don't like you're probably not watching enough movies um, and and with that being said I mean, the thing I can say about this film is that it's it's a different type of filmmaking. So it's very experimental. It's very there's a lot of improv, like you said, there wasn't a real script. He kind of gave actors like a suggestion and let them run with it. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of things that it's very unique filmmaking, and I think that's a enjoyable experience to watch something unfold in such an organic way. But at the same time, it's so hellish. Um, I felt very yeah. anxious the whole time I was watching it. I felt like I was about to have, like, a bit of an anxiety attack. And I just don't – I don't enjoy feeling that when I'm watching movies.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I, I have a very similar opinion about it. I would not suggest if you – like, if you find The Shining scary, don't watch this movie. Like, it's it's not scary, but it's very aggressive and the thing that i so the first time i watched it one there's a lot of aggressive lighting and camera tricks and so especially if you have seizures i don't have seizures but there's a lot of flashing lights and i can imagine it might trigger something so be careful uh when you watch this movie because there wasn't like a a trigger warning or anything but i feel like it could trigger like seizures maybe i don't know I don't know anything about seizures, but uh, it's just it's a lot. And I actually had a headache after I watched it, and I couldn't figure out if it was the movie or just because I had a headache. I enjoyed the ride of the movie the first time. It was like a scary roller coaster. It was just what the hell is going to happen next? What's going on? And that's what. And the filmmaking because the the bigger thing in this movie, and it's kind of a gimmick, but it's a well done gimmick, and it's a gimmick that works to, if you didn't know about it you would still think the movie's cool because of how it looks it's there's a 42 minute long take it puts yeah. birdman to shame on long takes like pretty much the second half of the movie is all one take and it's really amazing how they did that and i think that's one of the reasons why it was cool that they had dancers in the cast which it's such a choreographed dance of a movie that it makes it run very smoothly and I think that's, it actually adds to it where I would think if you are a dancer and you're an adult, because there is nudity and there is violence in this movie, I would highly recommend it if you like anything different. I would say it's worth the experience, but like if it's getting too anxiety driven, I'm going to give it a Resident Evil 7 morning and say, turn it off and walk away if you need to take a minute.
1: If you wanted to, um, I mean, I normally wouldn't say this, but, you know, you, you'll you come across movie lists that even they're like, you know, great movies. You can watch the first scene and then you're done. So if you really want to see like really cool choreographed dancing, that's like this really long cut. I think the opening scene lasts like 10 minutes and there's all these dancers. Yeah. It's, almost like they're, they're, it's the final dance um, before they're kind of laying their hair hang down. So if you want to yeah. see like that part, that'd be really, really cool. Turn into like the first 15, 20 minutes.
0: So, like, uh, you know, but um, so I'm gonna get into characters too. There's not, there's so many characters in this movie. Like, I was mixing up people left and right. I don't know if you were. There's, there's a
1: lot of really pretty thin brunettes with long hair that I had to be like, okay, that's this brunette and that's this brunette.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. There's also a bunch of dudes that are all in black t-shirts and hats, and they're slightly different hats, but all the hats are the same color. It's a dance, so they're on coordinated outfits, so they look coordinated, but it was just, like, there were so many girls in red tops that tied in skirts, and I was just like, what the hell's happening? But I think the people, the main people you need to know is Selva, who's Sophia Batella, Batella? Batella? Yeah,
1: I think it's Patella. but Batella may be right, too.
0: I've heard it said both ways, and she was infamously in that terrible Mummy remake, with Tom Cruise, which I did watch. It's as bad as people said it was. It's not good. It's not a good movie. I like I will take the Brendan Fraser mummy any day over that. Um, but I don't particularly think of her as a good actress because she's I mean cuz that's the main thing I've seen her in, but I think she did a really good job and she does have 15 years of dance experience. So, she grew up dancing. And then started acting. So, like, pretty much everybody has dance experience. Which makes sense in this movie. So, there's Selva. She's the main choreographer. And basically, everyone wants to sleep with her. Like, everyone keeps talking about, like, I want to sleep with Selva. I want to sleep with Selva. I slept with Selva. It's very weird. And then there's David, who's a male dancer. He's the guy wearing, like, the Adidas tracksuit the whole time. And he really likes selvin sleeps with her the night before and then he just keeps aggressively pursuing her and then there's lou who honestly was the most sympathetic character in my opinion and she's my favorite she had the ponytail she was a really tall brunette white girl with the ponytail she has the ribbon too yes she's i wrote that too she has the ribbon at the beginning she's ribbon dancing in the big dance um she's really good friends with selva and emmanuel who is the manager of the dance troupe and she is unexpectedly an unplanned pregnant um and that turns into a thing she's the girl at the beginning that says dance is everything and she's the girl who runs out in the first scene yes. of the movie and then there's daddy who's like the really tall black dude he's very like he's imposing looking like he's a very tall guy but um he's very approachable and sweet oh and i don't goodness. know I like him because
1: I was like, I daddy's one of the only ones I remember because I'm like, look at him tearing up the floor in a kilt. He's wearing oh, yeah. a kilt. Wearing a
0: kilt. <laughs> I didn't notice the kilt the first time. And the second time I was like, oh, he was wearing it the whole I thought he was he put it on in the middle of the movie because at the <laughs> end he's wearing a kilt and I was very confused until I rewatched it. I like Daddy. He was really cool. Um and I was I was very much like, oh he's so cute. And then there's we already said Emmanuel who She used to be a dancer, and she got pregnant and had her little boy Tito, who's there with them. And uh, now she's managing the troupe. And then her son Tito's there. And it seems like Lou and Selva and Emmanuel and Daddy have all known each other for a long time. Like, they've been in the troupe for a while, and everybody else is kind of, like, newer. And then I don't want to get into too many people, because then we'll be talking forever. Um, But I do want to mention Ivana... And Psyche, who they are a couple. They're both blonde ladies. Like, one is like shorter and she's like bleach blonde curly hair. Like, and she seems pretty normal. And then Psyche is my least favorite character. <laughs> and she's from Berlin and she is really short. She has the weirdest haircut. Like, I'm sorry to that dancer, but she has a weird haircut. Am I crazy? It's, it's very it's very um and of course with the i don't know if this is
1: something with the movie being like uh set in like the mid-90s too but the yeah. haircut's very nineties, very very like almost i don't want to say r&b but almost like you could just see any 90s pop star having that haircut and dye job maybe
0: yeah that she almost looked like she was trying to be like a like a tough Rachel Lee cook and she's all that. Like it's like, a, but it's an even shorter, like blunt Bob. Like she looks like she should be on the cover of Delia's and she has like bleach blonde hair. And like, basically she just wants to have fun the whole time. And her s- girlfriend Ivana, is like, Hey, pay attention to me. And she won't. And she's kind of a bitch. She's also like always just in a bikini the whole time. She's the bikini girl psyche. And then, um, Really, the only other two people, hmm.
1: I wanted to point out because you mentioned Psyche. Uh, did you read that Psyche actually her her dialogue was the only dialogue scripted in the whole film? Oh, I didn't read that. Yeah, it's uh, so of course, the movie begins even before the opening dance scene. There's um, some interviews, um, I and mean, it kind of gives you an idea of all the characters like really quick ideas because each end of the mm-hmm. interview is like intercut and they're like maybe 30 seconds each. But Psyche actually mentioned at the very beginning that she moved away from Berlin because her roommate was doing drugs. And she said something to the point of, like, he was even putting acid in his eyeballs. Yeah. Which is, like, (laughs)
0: like, I don't like drugs. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. A little bit, uh, (laughs) he thinks the lady doth protest too much. Mm Um. Uh, well, I guess, let's start talking about the plot. Because there's other characters, too, but I don't want to get in. I still have two pages of characters to get through. And we'll never. We're already at thirty-six minutes. We'll never. We've been talking about characters for like ten minutes. So, um, anyways, uh, I don't know. Let's go into what we liked. I. What did I liked the visual stuff and the long takes and how it kind of bring. They did a really unique thing where, like, we saw Midsummer where there's a lot of drug use. And in Midsummer they tried to represent visually what the characters doing the drugs were feeling. But yeah. this movie is completely opposite where it takes the drug use and it puts you in the place of someone who was experiencing it, but hat isn't doing the drugs. And Personally, I have a personal experience. So, like, I was having, like, flashbacks. It wasn't dangerous. Nobody did anything to me. But it was just really uncomfortable. And yeah. that's what this movie made me feel like. And it's... I do think it's a true cinematic experience. And I, I really was impressed with the camera work. Especially, like, they do a lot of, like, moving upside-down spinning camera yeah. work where the camera will go upside down when it gets really bad and then it'll go right side up when everything gets back to normal and i really liked that and i really really liked that the ensemble cast was very fearless like i there's a scene where sophia Battella, where selva goes into this room with a, like weird forest wallpaper and she just goes flipping nuts and just starts like ripping curtains down it's very much like and i haven't seen all the movie but i've seen the scene there's this scene in the movie Possession where yeah. this woman has like an emotional breakdown in a yeah. subway station. And that's like, he was inspired by this, but she just went, like, she was so fearless. Everybody was fearless in this movie. And yeah. even though like most of them aren't actors, they were very believable. And I was, you know, I thought it was very believable. What did you like about it, Brittany? And then we'll go to negatives too.
1: So yeah, um, so I will say Silva's um, whole trip which is kind of probably about halfway through the movie um this is i mean the whole cast did a great job and like you know we've talked about many times is that they're not actors they're dancers so for them to take on such roles and to just throw themselves into it is very impressive but you definitely got with sophia Portela as silva you i feel like you definitely got the experience with her because she's kind of like She's kinda of like the lead character. They never explicitly say that, but you follow her probably more than any of the other characters. Um yeah. something I actually heard. Um, I'm one of those people, my mind, um, I don't know if you ever heard this, so like you ever read a short story and it's like, Oh, like the door is red to represent the passion, or the door is red to do this and then the writer's like, I, I just like the color red. It's a red door. And so my oh, mind yeah, yeah, I mean yeah.
0: definitely
1: my mind uh the way i think i i crave analyzation and trying to figure out the deep the deeper meaning of what's going on and no gap gap you know he the director he's not really like that he he does he didn't because you know there's even like a french flag in the movie and they're like oh are you making a commentary on french politics and he's like no we just so happen to have a french flag in that you know um but going back to silva this dance scene is just incredible um but it's uncomfortable too because you you see the lights and it's always either red or green and so in both colors are very sickening uh, to me mm-hmm. in the way they're lit. Um, there's always this pulsating kind of techno. It just does not let you up, and that girl just runs with it. And saying I didn't I didn't know this, but I heard someone mention this. So Silva is actually the name of the director's grandmother, and oh, it okay. means
0: yeah, he also and, named the baby in love after himself. So I wonder if he does that in every movie. Well, her name means forest, and when
1: she's having that breakdown, she sees the forest and she calms.
0: Yeah. Whoa, I like that. Oh, and, wait, that scene. The other thing I liked was when she she puts her hand in her pantyhose. not sexually. She just puts both of her arms in her, like, tights she's wearing. And then it was a very realistic, like, drunk person, drugged person freak-out moment. Because then she she can't move her arms because they're stuck inside her clothes. But she doesn't, like, because her brain's not working right. She can't remember why she can't take out her arms. And she starts flipping out. She just starts, like, I was waiting for her to, like, rip her tights. But she doesn't. But there was, like, a lot of that. And she also would, like, grab things to hold balance even though she was fine because when you're that high or that i don't know about high but i know like if you're that drunk sometimes you do end up holding on to stuff
1: and i can't uh the thing i just said i can't take credit for that was just me like desperately being like there has to be something deeper for this movie they're just not all fucked up that's not the point of this movie um and so there was this brilliant guy on youtube that actually said that and i was like i love it there's like something for me to kind of latch on to in the middle of all this craziness um but he brought up it's funny you brought up the scene of the pantyhose like and he said the reason that is is because she believes her her arms are under her flesh and she can't get her yeah. arms out under her flesh yeah. which is cool um so that being said what i kind of like about this movie is because it's, it's definitely a visual experience you would not normally get from your run-of-the-mill movie. Like, it's not something you see very often in film. And I think that's very exhilarating filmmaking, for sure.
0: I think that's the main point. And I wouldn't usually tell people to see a movie just because of how it looks or how it feels. But this movie, it is like a roller coaster. And I do like it. But, I mean, I would say some negative points, if we want to get into negative stuff. Um, I do think... So, they had a five-page script. I think basically they had Psyche's lines and basically like what, like they kind of had an outline of what's going to happen, but they let people make things up and how involved the character was seems to be dependent on how um, imaginative the actor was because you don't see all of the dancers in the first scene where they're interviewing them. You see, like, a lot of them, but some of them, I could not figure out if they had an interview scene. And I could have just missed something, but I couldn't figure out if they all were. So I feel like they had some people that just were like, I don't know, like, because he didn't give them a backstory. Um, So basically, the people with good backstories were people that were imaginative. Um, So some of the dialogue kind of suffered in, like, the improv party talking scene, like some of it made a lot of sense. Like there, so basically you've got the beginning part where they're interviewing everybody, and you're watching it on a V on a TV, on a and there's a bunch of VHS tapes, which are like his his uh like what am I trying to say? Inspiration. Thank you. Yes, his inspiration. <laughs> uh, and sorry, I'm I have a sucker because my throat was really dry and I'm out of Red Bull, so um. <laughs> So, you see the interview part, and that part, most people made sense. But then, there's the dance scene that's, like, ten minutes, and that's really good. Like, it's all choreographed. Like, they never, it's one take, it's really cool. And then they start having their party, because it's like they're having, like, a cast party or whatever. And they, they start, this is the only part that's really edited in a not-one-shot besides the beginning and the end. And they start, like, just taping groups of people having discussions. And, like, the one with Lou and, uh, what's her name? Selva. They're talking about, like, the fact that Emmanuel, who has the boy, the little boy, Tito, they're talking about how she made the right decision not having an abortion because she's done a really good job being a good mother to him. And then Lou, like, asks... That well, have you had an abortion? And Selva's just like, she doesn't really give her an answer. She's like, I mean, I think it's good to have the option. And, you know, later on you find out that Lou is pregnant and isn't sure if she wants to have the baby or not. So, like, that made sense. Those two actresses did their homework and were trying to bring something of meaning to the story. And I think he must have talked with them because he has all these, like, quotes. By the, Oh, because, by the way... The, which we haven't mentioned, the movie and the credits are all backwards, which is very yes. confusing when you start this movie. They have the end credits at the beginning. Like you have yes. one shot of Lou running out into the snow screaming. And it's like a, then they Tarantino it after they give you the, the end credits. And then you start at the beginning. And then in the middle of the, like when they're dancing at the party, but they haven't discovered the LSD yet. They're just—they just show everybody's names, and they don't even say who's an actor, who's a yeah. producer.
1: And I want to mention for for people who may be listening who haven't seen a lot of French movies, that is not something common in French movies. So it's no, not like this is just Gaspar no, Noé. Yeah, so it's not like oh, this is just a French thing. No, this is this is not normal. So <laughs> no, it's not
0: normal. Oh, and then the the title isn't even shown until the last eight seconds of the movie, but. So, he also has these quotes. It's like, birth is an experience, death is an experience, and life is an experience. So, I think he does have some kind of deeper meaning because there is this whole subplot of Lou's trying to figure out who the, like, if she wants to have her baby. Emmanuel's trying to protect her child from what's happening. And then, (laughs) Rocco has a conversation with Lou about his ex-girlfriend, he wants to be with her because he's in love with her, but he can't get back together with her because she's pregnant with somebody else's baby. So, like, Lou's having all these conversations. And it kind of reminds me if you've ever been in a situation where, like, you're going through something in your life. I've been in that situation where, like, I was going through, like, something in my life, but I didn't want to tell people, but I would, like, bring up subjects around it so I could get advice. It's a very human thing, but I liked that aspect. There's a lot of stuff about life and parenthood kind of vaguely.
1: Yeah.
0: It gave it some kind of a deeper meaning. Um I do think a lot of the being negative, I know I just went on a tangent, but the negative part about it was like some of the scenes in the party, like the two dudes that were just talking about uh yeah. anal sex yeah um seemed just like he didn't give them any direction was just like this is hilarious it's really funny i don't know how do you feel about that i
1: don't like it that was actually one of my least favorite parts too um i think it tries i don't know i feel like it was trying too hard to set these guys up in a certain way and i think that's a very um nihilistic and misentropic way to look at life um which i think is actually a i think it's a running um theme in his movies that maybe and even in climax like when you go to your your high and your internal animal instincts is to beat the shit out of each other rape each other try to have your sister that's the kind of stuff that i'm just like you know, I I like to think if I was high, I'd be the girl just dancing for thirteen hours straight. I mean, and then but she was the bad one. Exactly. She definitely <laughs> the
0: bad one. But uh, yeah. So and uh, now that we're in spoilers, so Psyche's presumably the person who spiked everybody's drinks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And strongly applied
0: (laughs) i mean she was kind of a bitch from the beginning because she's so rude to her girlfriend her girlfriend is a little needy but isn't like really rude she's just like why won't you pay attention to me she's like because you're boring and i'm like what a bitch and then and then it ends up she is a bitch. oh i mean they don't complete i do like that they don't completely tell you but they strongly imply it so it's pretty obvious but they don't hit you over the head with it um but the thing you mentioned about the brother and sister and the little accidental love triangle that happens. So sorry, I went on a tangent and I probably had to edit it out cause I was trying to clarify something with Brittany. Um, but so basically, so there's Taylor and Gazelle who are a brother and sister dance duo. And those actors did a good job too, because they did kind of make it a little weird in the beginning because there's some tension there like the brother's like yeah we've never been to america we can't wait to go and the sister's like i've been to new york and he's like well we've never been together and we're we're close we're close siblings and she's just like and then you find out that gazelle's been dating like a mutual friend omar who's also in the dance troupe who doesn't drink and he seems like a really nice person but the brother just doesn't He thinks he's stuck up because he's kind of weird around the brother and there's this weird tension. And then everybody assumes that because he didn't drink the alcohol, because he doesn't drink alcohol, um, he spiked the punch and they throw him into the snow. And that was really sad.
1: And I don't remember explicitly this being said, but um, I read somewhere, I was reading in an interview um, that someone mentioned or like, well, Omar is Muslim, and he gets thrown out into the snow. Is are you trying to say something there? And uh, once again, the director was like, "Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't think about it." So I mean, mm-hmm. once again, I'm just like, "Oh, like that's interesting." And, and Noar Gaspar was just like, "No, like no, I, de- I mean that's interesting, but that wasn't intentional." So.
0: <laughs> okay, wait. So the name Omar is a Muslim. Uh, it's found almost exclusively among Sunni Muslims from personal name of uncertain etymology. Oh, wow. It is thought to be Arabic and it means prosperous, full of life, which is funny because he's the first death in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and that, yeah. moments, too, is at the end of the film,
1: of course, uh, you know, Katie, you can agree with this. At the end of the film, you kind of see where each and every character is at at the end of the film and mm-hmm. poor little Omar is just lying frozen to death in the snow and I'm just like, oh. Right after oh. they
0: say death is like an experience and then you just see his like frozen little It's really sad. I felt really bad for him and I felt really bad for Gazelle because she starts out with a boyfriend and her brother and then her boyfriend gets tossed out into the snow. And then like, so basically when everyone's figuring out that the LSD is happening, it kind of, it's still one take, but they're basically everybody's in the same room So it's everybody, and then they start following individual people. So they follow. I wrote this. I wrote the the uh, order down because it's so confusing. So like Taylor and Gazelle, David comes across them when things start getting crazy, and uh, Taylor has Gazelle up against a wall, and they. I feel like they both had their pants on but he's like dry humping her against a wall and she yeah. seems really into it. And then all of a sudden she realizes what's happening and she starts freaking out. Yeah. And, and then he just like, he's like, don't like at the end, he's like, don't tell our dad and stuff. And I was like, cause at first I was like, maybe they're not really brother and sister. But then when he's like, don't tell dad, I was like, Oh no, they are. Cause I was like, maybe they're just like really close and they just call each other. You know, like some people are like, we're sisters because we're just so close or like we're in a sorority together or something. But no, like it was, it was, there was some incestual things going on.
1: Which uh, that is actually seems to be. Um, so seems because you, and I know we were going to touch upon the director. That seems to be a theme in his film. So there is multiple films that he has where incest is a thing. Um, And so is abuse towards pregnant women, which I'm sure we were going to touch on too. Abuse towards pregnant women happens in at least three of his five movies. So
0: that's, he has some demons he needs to conquer. Maybe that's why he does these movies, so he can conquer some demons. I don't know. Um, Yeah, I guess. So, yeah, the Taylor, Gazelle, and Omar plot's pretty sad. I think all of those actors did a really good job. Omar is not in a lot of it, but he seemed pretty genuine. And I liked him and Gazelle's chemistry. And I think. I think Gazelle and Taylor were some of the better actors. Oh, and then Gazelle, like, has a seizure because of the drugs, too. Yeah. Like, so she just had, like, the worst night. I feel really bad for her. Boyfriend's dead. Her brother tried to have sex with her. And then she had a seizure. But she she survives, and so does he. And she seems to not remember anything in the morning. Because he's like, don't tell dad. Nothing happened. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, okay. And I was like, I guess he remembers. That's going to be awkward. Yeah, Lou is to me the most sympathetic character. I don't, maybe next to Gazelle. I feel really bad for Gazelle too, because she seems like a nice person, and it really was shitty what happened to her. Poor Lou. Uh, Nobody knows she's pregnant. She just says, I don't feel good. So she doesn't drink any of the punch. And then she starts throwing up, and Selva goes and finds her, and she tells her like, hey, I'm pregnant. And she's like, oh, what are you going to do? She's like, I don't know. So she's, not really sure if she wants to have the baby or not. She seems very on the fence about it. And oh, I feel.
1: since hmm? You brought the baby. I'm so sorry. I want to circle back to something. And um, hmm. I think this movie is great to help like clarify things. Cause I'm like, so what, who, I forgot which character was talking about his girlfriend being pregnant with someone else's baby. But I, thought, I thought Rocco and
0: Lou were maybe an item. And she's That's one of what pers- I thought, too, the first time okay. I saw him. The second time, he's actually talking to Lou about a third person. Um, anyways, so Lou is confiding in her friend, and Dom comes into the room. Bond girl Dom. Which I thought was interesting that her name is Dom, and she has a very domineering personality. I don't know if the actress just thought it was a fun name, or if they did it on purpose. But I thought that was interesting. So Dom comes in, and everybody's everybody knows they're high at this point. And Dom is having a very... She's a dominant personality. But she doesn't really understand the severity of what she's doing. She comes in, finds out that Lou wasn't drinking. And this is after they throw Omar into the snow. So they've already blamed him for yeah. spiking the drinks. But now she's going after Lou. And she's like... She's like, oh my god, like you spiked the drink. And then Selva's trying to help her friend out. And again, everyone's everyone but Lou and Omar are under the influence of LSD. So she's like, no, 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 no. She she didn't drink because she's pregnant. And then, Lu- then uh, Dom's just like, I don't believe you. And she, like, kicks her in the stomach. And, yeah. like, that was the worst part for me. And I don't know if it was because she was pregnant or just anytime anyone kicks somebody in the stomach, that is, like, the worst kind of, like, beat-up thing. Like, I can take punches to the face. Like, not personally, but <laughs> I can take... <laughs> I keep watching it on a movie but there's something so visceral about getting punched in the stomach or getting like kicked in the stomach you're just you're just so helpful helpless and then dom just leaves and again she doesn't really understand what she's doing and then uh that's when we start following lou and lou like grabs a knife or oh, no she follows her and she starts asking like why did you do that Why did you do that? And then Dom just starts turning everybody against Lou. And then at some point, Lou just starts having a nervous breakdown. And I couldn't figure out. This was what confused me. So she's sitting. I couldn't figure out if she lost the baby and that's why she was bleeding or if she had cut herself. Because she has a knife. You see her cut her arm and her face herself. Because everyone's telling her to kill herself because everyone's in a frenzy because of the LSD and because Dom's turning everyone against her. But she puts her hands like between her legs and she pulls them and then it goes away from her and she pulls her arms back out and her hands are covered in blood. And I couldn't figure out if she was losing the baby because Dom had kicked her or if she had like stabbed herself. I didn't know if that was on purpose or just an accident.
1: And I, I think it could be either, but I know Dom, I think Dom hits her, kicks her like multiple times in the stomach. So it's not just like once and she walked away. It was like four or five okay. times and you, yeah, you, you, you see it in real time. Like that's the big thing about this movie is that everything's kind of filmed in real time, which makes it really hard to watch
0: too. I think the saddest thing is probably Emmanuel and Tito. So, uh, Emmanuel's. She's a little older than everybody. She's the manager for the dance troupe, and she brought her little boy to the weekend. And they have this really touching scene, reminded me of Macbeth, the lady, Mac, the lady Macduff scene with the little boy, where they have this beautiful moment, and then all, and then they get murdered. It's kind of like that. She has this beautiful scene where she's like reading him to sleep, and she's just like, "I love you. I'm gonna come up and check on you." And they do a really good foreshadowing where. Like, she tells him, no, 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 you don't drink the sangria because it's alcoholic, don't drink it. And then after everybody's under the influence, he comes back down after going to bed, and you see him drink the cup, and then to protect him... Like, honestly, my instinct was you need to lock him in his room, but for some reason, I guess because she's high, she locks him in the electrical closet to keep all the other people away from him, and then she loses the key, and then... It goes really downhill from there.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, that's probably the, the worst part. You don't actually see him die. But basically, everything's kind of like a green and yellow light in the beginning. And then, while she's looking for the key, he's been screaming behind the door. Like, mom, mom, mom. Like, screaming for his mom. And um, all the lights go out. And it's silent. You don't hear him screaming anymore. And then everything's red. Because it's on the emergency lights. And that's when everything gets really bad is when, presumably, Tito has been electrocuted to death. Because she locked him in the electrical closet, but she tells him, like, don't touch anything. But he's, like, what, eight? I think he's eight or ten. Like, he's (sighs) tiny. So he really didn't know any better. And then the mom is so distraught that she ends up, like, cutting her wrists and killing herself, which you don't really see until the next morning. But that was probably, like, the worst part for me, the saddest part. Next to Lou. It's pretty bad. That's probably the worst part. And then eventually everything goes red and like Selva ends up with Psyche's girlfriend, Ivana. They're like about to have sex and then David finds them. And then, oh, we didn't even talk about Riley and daddy i like that scene a lot because there's so much hell
1: like you literally i feel like this movie is like hell like most of the time you feel like you are in hell like <laughs> watching it but then you have this just really and even the lighting's different in that scene because i feel like it's like a purplish lighting if i'm remembering it correctly like it's just even the lighting feels different um, when you're with riley and daddy and like daddy is essentially just comforting riley and it's just really really nice like i don't know i mean it was a nice breather in the midst of all the madness happening
0: yeah and then so riley's like he is a very young boy he's apparently very rich and his family he says are very supportive of him becoming a professional dancer but he doesn't like them to come see him perform and he's dressed very androgynously like he's wearing like a corset but then he's also wearing pants so he's kind of like He looks, he reminds me of like, like 90s club culture. Like, he looks like a person that would be in the movie Party Monster or something like that. Um, So, he's very young. They don't actually, I don't know if they say exactly what age he is, but probably like 19, maybe 20. And he's very young. And I think 19 is probably as old as he would be. He looks more like he's like 17. And he like kind of talks with daddy in the beginning, like, oh, yeah, I'm a virgin, but this week's the week. I'm going to have sex with David. And he starts pursuing David. And then David's like, no, I want to do Selva. I don't want to sleep with you. And so then he gets really crushed about it, and Daddy ends up comforting him about it. And then, like, I don't I don't know if it was implied they were having a romantic relationship or just a friendship, but they end up, like, sleeping in the same bed, and it's very sweet. Like, Daddy's just kind of comforting Riley and it was kind of a nice little subplot that wasn't, you know. And he kind of stood up for himself, too. Because then David kind of came after him after Selva's sleeping with Ivana. And then he's like, fuck off. Like, you already told me you didn't want to have sex with him. I was like, I was like, yes, yes, Riley, you tell him. Like, you go find someone who actually loves you. Like, what a jerk. David is such a jerk. But I, I kind of feel bad for him because Selva treats him like dirt, too. But then when you start following david you, everything's red and everything goes upside down also there's a contortionist in this movie and i can't remember the character's name uh, but he's like in the background when selva's fighting with somebody and he's just like doing all these weird contortion things and i loved it because it was just so disturbing in the background it's kind of like you know like in her, in well not hereditary so much as like have you ever seen the haunt i think you've seen the haunting of hill house right oh
1: yeah Yeah, so,
0: like, if you watch it the second time, you know that there's ghosts in the background of everything. So the second time you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, there's a ghost in, like, every other scene just hiding. And they don't, like, bring attention to it. It's just back there. And that's, like, the scariest thing to me is something's there that you never notice. And so, So like, it's messing with you subconsciously because somewhere
1: you're seeing it, but you're not focusing on it. So your mind knows mm -hmm. it's there, but you're not visually focusing on it it's just there and it really messes with you it's a
0: great kind of film uh thing that directors do for sure so like the guy just he's like in the hallway just doing weird arm things and contorting his body and at some point he's like popping his socket out and it looks really violent and he was i think i i know there's an actual contortionist in the cast but they didn't actually say the name where i saw it i assume it's that guy Because, like, he was doing things to his body that most people can't do to their body.
1: I wanted to bring up David just because um, the way my mind kind of works when I'm watching a movie, I try to figure things out. And I think that's the way I've always been. (laughs) So, like, David... I'm just like, you look at, you know, he's wearing that Adidas track suit. He kind of has, like, a really close to the head, almost buzz cut. And he kind of has, like, a very serious face. And so I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, he's going to be the bad dude. Like, he's going to end up raping somebody. Something's going to happen. And then it's just like, he doesn't really have that antagonist moment I was waiting for.
0: And yeah, I, I mean, he's that, just kind of a, yeah. like a jerk. He's not a nice person, but he's not a t- evil person either. He's kind of yeah uh, neutral, neutral Guy, like he wants to sleep with Selva, she doesn't want to sleep with him anymore. And he gets he does get upset when he finds her with Ivana, but once she like hugs him and says, No, 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 I don't want to be with you, he just kind of walks out. Yeah, so and then I felt bad because he got beat up because everyone was like, I can't remember why they started beating him up. Was he dead, was he dead at the end? I was kind of wondering. Well, if he was dead. Everything I've read is that he's just passed out his okay. eyes were kind of fluttering. Okay. So okay. I figured, I-, I don't think he's supposed to be dead. The only people confirmed dead at the end of the movie are Omar, Tito, and Emmanuel. Everybody else might be injured, but they seem to be alive. I feel like we've no. touched on everything. It did win a Cannes Film Festival Award. Frankly,
1: what did it win an award
0: for? It won, in 2018, it won the Art Cinema Award, which makes sense. It's a beautiful work of art. It's visually stunning, although it's assaulting to the senses. Um, but I do think it's worth seeing if you like cinema. But I, I don't... <laughs> it's not a movie that I'm like, I'm going to watch this over and over. I hated that I had to watch it twice, honestly. Because yeah. it it's really disturbing. And it's not even... It's just because it's very realistic, too, I guess. Yeah. I think that's the main point. But and I'm impressed.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when we talked about Nightingale, we talked about Nightingale as a great movie you'll never watch again. Um, I can't say great for climax, but I can say this is an interesting movie I'll never watch again.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Yeah, the dance scenes. If you're a dancer and you like, like modern choreography, I think – totally worth seeing that one dance scene at the beginning um, and then that's the only thing that was choreographed by the way there's only one dance scene that's choreographed but there's like probably 30 to 40 minutes of just them dancing like everything else everybody just made up and that's why I, it was good for him to hire real dancers because they can make things up uh, so I guess anything else we want to contribute I mean I think we still have to go with the ratings yes. uh Anything else though, Brittany, that you any final thoughts?
1: Um not not really. I feel like we touched on a lot of good things. Um once again, just kind of coming back to this idea that I mean if if you are a movie lover, um you will not see anything else like climax. It is film. I think the style they call it now is French French
0: asshrin, I think, which is like yeah.
1: Uh,
0: I yeah. can't figure out if that's in the same category because the first, fr- the first French extremist that I kind of heard of was more of, like, horror movies, horror movies, like, um, oh, Insight. like, Martyrs or uh, High Tension.
1: Yeah.
0: High Tension is really good, but I finally watched High Tension. It's really good. Um, although, the, it was spoiled for me, so I won't spoil it for anyone here, but something was spoiled for me before I watched it, so it made it not as good as i think it would have been if i didn't know stuff um yeah but it is it, i was trying to figure out if it's french extremist or not because there's some extreme stuff but I, it's not super gory so if like we're going to rate it on gore i gave it like a 3 out of 5 because it's it's there's stuff that's violent and bloody yeah. but it's not like there is blood but it's not gratuitous like it's not like Like, evil, dead, blood spurting everywhere, like, gross Tom Savini kind of stuff. Like, it's just kind of, like, it looks, but it's almost worse because it's very realistic. But there's not, like, blood, like, at some point somebody's, like, head hits the ground and, like, there's no, like, not a lot of blood, but there is some blood. And, like, watchability, I gave it a two, like, can't take my eyes off of it because, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but it is something that kind of catches your attention. And, you know, I would only recommend it to people who like dance or like a cinematic experience. I wouldn't recommend it to just the everyday viewer. Uh, like, I can't imagine like telling everyone at my office to be like, yeah, watch climax and gore. I guess I, we should go.
1: I, I would definitely say watchability for me. is probably a one and a half. Um, I would even say... Uh, Is that I have bad a bad one or a good writing. one? No, like, like I I personally don't see a watchability factor to me, unless you're just wanting someone to see the sick dancing at the beginning, like sick in a cool way, dancing at the beginning. <laughs>
0: right, right. Like,
1: I just, yeah, like, it's, it's definitely a movie I would recommend watching once, but I, I don't... See I don't really see, I mean, and maybe there's someone out there listening that's like, oh, she has no taste. But, like, I, I just don't yeah. see this as a movie you watch multiple times.
0: Like, I think if you have a, if you're a sane person, you can see why somebody wouldn't want to watch this movie twice. There's a lot of extreme stuff in here. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's how I agree. And, like, it's not overly gory, but there is stuff in there that's pretty violent. And, I mean, it would be, like, you don't see Tito die, but that's pretty, awful when a kid just dies like you don't see it like you see it in nightingale but you know what's happening and it's really awful um and like acting wise like i feel like the acting was super dependent on the director like i feel like if you put all these people no offense to them but i'm just saying because they don't have a lot of acting experience i think the environment led them all to do really good performances like i think I think that they all did a really good job, but I can see like an, in another director's hands, this would probably turn into a mess. Like yeah. if you put it into like, uh, who's the guy that does all the Superman movies or the oh. Transformers movies, Michael Bay. Like if Michael Bay tried to direct this movie, it would be a hot mess. Yeah. Hot, hot mess all over the place. Um, but I think, with this director he and I don't I do think he's weird for the sake of being weird I think he's a weird director like no offense to him like but I think he's extremely talented and I I wish he would do someone else's work because I would like to see his visual style in other places like something more accessible to the general public because I would love to tell people like watch this movie by Gaspar Noé but I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff in his movies that's just like, I can't recommend it for people just because of like sensitivity. So it's hard. It's like, yeah. Like Kubrick did some movies like eyes wide shut. I would not suggest for the general public because there's just whole scenes where just people are just banging in the background, like literally just having sex and you're just like Tom Cruise, just walking through just like, it's just like, it's it's like climax, you know? But I would suggest, like, a movie, like, um, I wouldn't suggest Clockwork Orange either. That's pretty rough. Uh, um, I saw Clockwork
1: for the first time when I was 11.
0: Oh, no. I tried to watch it in college, had to turn it off because I was so disturbed by the singing in the rain uh, uh, thing. And then I went back and finished it, and I really liked it. Um, but I was, like, disturbed. Also, like, I was trying to drink a Mike's Hard Lemonade that someone had left at my house after a party. So maybe it was the Mike's Hard Lemonade. I don't know. Um, but, like, I would suggest most people see The Shining because The Shining's not gratuitous. And, uh, I mean, there's some violence, but it's not, like, active violence except for the one scene where, like, with the acts, like, everything else is pretty passive violence. Like, you see the result of a violent act, but you don't actually see something happening. Whereas this, you see some of it just happening. And, like, I think really the thing that saves this movie is the visuals, though. visuals and like the fearlessness of the cast are it's i mean i would put it on like a blade runner visual like it's really good like it's not pretty like midsummer but it is because it's very assaulting to the senses it's so many flashing lights and just so crazy um but i do like it i don't know and i'm just i'm kind of mesmerized by like how well it's made you know like how the the technical aspects of it alone i think if you're into movies if you're into cinema if you want to become a filmmaker i think you should definitely watch this because like it's it's something people just haven't done before and i really like it um again i would like to see him do something that's more accessible to people but i unless he has a total change of heart and how he likes to make movies i doubt that's gonna happen
1: yeah so yeah i would definitely say on the production the production quality is incredible um it's a beautiful film there's a lot of really cool interesting things going on but the actual experience is very rough like i think you said assault on the senses and i think that describes it perfectly so
0: okay i guess that i guess that's a sign for us to stop talking and finish up uh so Brittany, you're picking out the next movie what are we going to talk about in the next episode?
1: Before we do that, did you want to give your
0: ratings? Oh, I yeah, I would give it. I would give it a seven out of ten because I think it's really impressive, but I just can't recommend it to a lot of people. You yeah. know, what about you? I'm gonna rate it D for uh, drugs, death, and dancing. Oh, yeah, so, oh, I have one for, I have another one for that. I have, I wrote it down. We're, I I did C for Catastrophic Choreography. Oh, there we go. So, I like that one, but, yeah. So, I would, yeah, i give it a C for Catastrophic Choreography. What would you give it out of 10? Oh, you're probably going to hate me. I would have to say it's a hard six for me. That's fine. I only gave it a 7 because I really, really like the dancing, honestly. Like, I feel like the technical aspects are so impressive that I had to give it more than a 6. But I don't want to watch it again, so I couldn't give it an 8. So, I mean, Steph, I would say, like, if you say a 5 out of 10, people are going to think it's a really okay movie. But the technical aspects are just fantastic. And I I wish it was a more watchable, approachable movie, because I would recommend it to more people. But it's just I don't want to be in people's bad graces by saying, yeah, you should watch Climax. Okay, so Brittany is picking out the movie for next week. What are we going to watch?
1: Okay, we are turning into Robert Edgar's sophomore movie, The Lighthouse, which is Yay! another fantastic A24 film. It is currently available to stream on
0: Amazon Prime, so please. It just came on last week. I'm so excited. I haven't watched it yet. I was too busy rewatching Climax. But yes. I'm so excited to watch The Lighthouse. Um, if if you don't know about The Lighthouse, it was, like, every film critic I watch and listen to said it was, like, the best movie of the entire year. It was really popular at all the film festivals in 2019. And then, like, it didn't get any Oscar nominee. I think maybe it got one Oscar nomination for, like, a technical aspect. So
1: it's uh, Robert Patterson a.k.a. the new Batman. Um, I refuse to A.k.a. Just, Twilight uh, Boy. Yes, and uh, Robert Patterson has been so freaking impressive in recent years. He's really outdone himself and done things to pull himself away from being just known as Edward Cullen, and I'm really impressed with him.
0: I, my favorite person who's in it is the other person who's in it who is... William. Oh, you say it. <laughs> yeah, William the foe. And um, I've seen this
1: movie once. Um, I just watched it probably four or five days ago, and I am stoked to see it a second time because Yay. the second time I will get to watch it with the subtitles on. Um, which quick segue. Um, me and my husband usually watch movies together, and the first time he he has a hard time. Kind of, he'll watch. He he can read subtitles, so if we watch like a foreign film, he'll do the subtitle thing. But he's not very big on them
0: um tim isn't either i've heard that you have to watch it with subtitles that's what i've heard so if you're gonna watch the lighthouse it's on amazon prime if you can watch it with subtitles because it is a little hard to understand but i've heard it's really enjoyable like people have seen it multiple times so i mean i think it's supposedly very weird
1: yes it is It is a film lover's movie. So, if you're one of those people who just loves movies and you take a real enjoyment and kind of being like, what the hell could this all mean? Um, This is going to be the type of movie for you, for sure. So,
0: yeah. So, so The Lighthouse will be next week. And Brittany's going to kind of take point on that one. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited because I've been waiting like a year to watch this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, so we're going to watch The Lighthouse and um, i guess that means that we're gonna sign off thank you for listening if you have any movies you want us to watch please leave them in the comments um or shoot us a message and um yeah any any final thoughts Brittany?
1: No, um, I'm really excited. Uh, Climax was a trip, and um, I'm looking forward to next week's The Lighthouse. Um, I think you guys are really going to like it. Either You're going to like it because you're going to like it because you're going to be like, this was so cool. What does this mean? Or you're going to be like, what the hell's going on? But it's going to be a cool ride. So I'm really stoked for us to talk about it.
0: I mean, I've never seen Willem Dafoe, like, and be bored by him. I've never seen a movie that he's in that I'm bored by. It's kind of like... um, Nicolas Cage which also they're in some terrible movies together it's like I'm at least entertained by them so um, but I'm a big Willem Dafoe fan and Robert Pattinson I've been waiting to see Good Time which is another movie he did last year that I heard was really good so I'm kind of excited to see this I'd like to do Good Time too because that's I think on Netflix right now or Amazon Prime it's on one of those and I heard it's really good so I think that would be a good one to watch too anyways so we're going to sign off from here um so we'll see you guys later thanks for listening and my sign off is gonna be stay safe and go watch the movies y'all
1: yeah bye guys you stay safe uh we look forward to talking with we look forward to um i don't know i i I hate to say talking with you but we look forward to you being an audience at you
0: yeah (laughs) we'll talk at you next time on the grindhouse girls podcast i keep wanting to say gilmore girls podcast it's not gilmore girls although i love that show but um we will see you next time love you guys bye the grindhouse girls podcast is a production by katie dale and Brittany ray and edited by katie dale All music used is royalty free and will be in our annotations. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions, please contact us at contact us at grindhousegirlspod.com or visit our website at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.